Welcome back to another episode of the Presidential Podcast. I'm Emily, the current UNH student body president. And I'm Dina, the current UNH student body vice president. This week's guest is Harrison Flagg, the executive director of Student Committee on Popular Entertainment, a.k.a. Scope. Whoop, whoop. So before we interview Harrison, I thought we'd do a little bit of a Senate update. Um, so we're going to go through some uh, resolutions that were passed recently and some people that we've met with. Um, so the first resolution we passed was regarding student participation in the honors program committee, and it's just advocating for students to be participating in the new revamp of the honors committee and making sure that we have student voices on that committee. Yeah, the honors program is getting completely revamped, completely redone, but we got to make sure that students are on it so that it's actually something that can really benefit students. And it's for students. It's an honors committee for students. Exactly. So, yeah. By students, for students. <laughs> yeah. We also passed a resolution regarding digital note-taking in the classroom, um, advocating against technology-free classrooms and the rules that some professors may implement in their classrooms. This resolution hit home for me. I have the worst handwriting ever taking physical notes. I don't learn anything because I go back and I read it, and I can't because my handwriting is awful. So I need to type all my notes, but then when I'm in a classroom where the professor says, you are not allowed to have your laptop, I'm like, all right, I'm finishing this with maximum a B. Like, (laughs) I am not at my fullest potential when I cannot type my notes. It's definitely an equity and accessibility issue, and I'm glad we wrote a resolution about it and brought it to light. 100%. Um, The next resolution that was passed was a pedestrian safety on campus resolution, and it's talking about the over 100 incidents, I think, in the past, oh my gosh, 10 years, I think. Don't quote me on that, but it's in the resolution. But talking about um, what other schools have done in terms of uh, keeping our streets safe. Shout out Ham Smith Crossing Guard. (laughs) You're fighting the good fight. Uh, but they, there could still be improvements. Yeah. Um, so we also passed another resolution by our first-year life council regarding gender-inclusive housing in specifically first-year dorms, um, specifically Christensen and Williamson. Since those floors are divided specifically by gender, we thought it would be nice to have a gender-inclusive floor within those dorms since they're also so popular among first-year students. If a student may be uncomfortable or unsure about their gender identity, but still wants the experience of living in that huge community of Williamson and Christensen, they should be able to. And I'm really looking forward to seeing where this gender inclusive flooring resolution goes and what can come from it. Yeah. And then our last resolution that was passed was about um, updating the active shooter policy. And this was actually passed before the Nashville shooting. So this is really relevant, especially with what's going on in the world right now. Um, and this was passed um, in discussions about what happened in Michigan State, what happened in um, Idaho, and um, just making sure that we have proper protocol here at UNH and making sure that students feel safe. Yeah, definitely. Also, again, a very important resolution. A really great roster of resolutions that were passed oh, this yeah. past week. All very strong, and I think all very poignant and resonate like that resonate well with students. Um, We also had some meetings this week, as we normally do. So last Friday, I met with um, Ken Holmes, Shari Robinson, Bill McNamara, and Dean Blackman, um, just to discuss student life in general, a little get back in the swing swing of things after spring break. We talked about the safety town hall that was hosted in that previous week um, that was chaired by Chief Dean. Um, And yeah, just again, general updates, housekeeping, and yeah. We also met with our advisors, the Dean of Students, Mike Blackman, and the Director of the Mob, Melissa Beecher. And we also sat on the Alcohol and Other Drugs Committee, and we also both attended SAFSI. All right, and now let's welcome our super special guest, Harrison. How's it going, guys? Hi. How you doing? Not so bad. Beautiful day. Spring is sprung, so hundred yeah. percent is sprung. Yeah, so I'm so happy that we have you on. Um, I think Scope is. I think there are a lot of misconceptions about Scope, and I'm so glad that you're here to discuss it and also discuss the upcoming concert with Ray Shremard. I'm really excited. I already bought my ticket. My ticket has been bought. <laughs> I'm so excited. Let's so, go. Yeah. yeah, let's go. So first and foremost, can you introduce yourself and maybe talk about what your role is in Scope? Yeah, so my name is Harrison Flagg. I 
am the executive director of Scope, so I oversee all of our director positions. We have um, five department directors and then one non-departmental director. So we've got our production department, we have publicity, we have security, um, we have business, and we have hospitality. Each one of those has their own director. They manage their own crew of people under them. Uh, and then we have our analytics director, which is the position that I used to hold, held that for a couple of years. Um, that's how we make quantitative decisions on how we design our concerts, which is something that people definitely don't know about because we don't advertise it at all. But when we do that big survey that goes out, we put together a big report. And I'll talk more about that later if it comes up. But um, I held that for a little bit. And this is my fourth year in scope. It's a wild wow. ride. A veteran. Would you yeah. say that this is a good year to close off on? Like, do you feel good leaving it at Ray Schremer? Yeah. I mean, well, we had, that's the thing is the first show that I had, I wasn't a part of the planning at all. I was hired in right before the Playboy Cardi show and I was thrown into it and I was on floor security. And that was of course when uh, Cardi showed up late and I have never had so many people that I don't know and have never met yell at me <laughs> for it. They're like, they're like, where is he? Where is he? I know he's here. I'm like, I don't. Like texting no. you while the concert's no, going people, on? No, people on the floor oh coming up God. to me just like people, you know, I get it. They're upset. I, I definitely empathize with them, but I was like, I'm just like not the person who's going to help you with the, <laughs> get to your solution. I, I had just joined. I had been in for two weeks. I didn't know anything at that time. So I was like, I'll uh, hang out, you know, hang out. I can get you some water <laughs> or something. <laughs> I don't have um, many regrets um, in my time at UNH, but my, one of my biggest regrets is leaving the Scope concert freshman year yep. before Cardi came out. And, and I remember- up. All my friends texting me being like, he's here. I'm like, no, I yeah. just left. Like, So many people left. Half the, I, I don't blame people for leaving. I felt really bad about that. That's one of those things. It's like, ultimately, our trade is a human being, and they need to get up there and do that stuff. But if they decide they don't want to, they have that free will. I mean, obviously, they can't get paid if they don't go up and perform. But, like, they oh, could really? just decide they won't do it. There are, there are different, I mean, like in every contract, there's a bunch of different reasons why an artist can or can't perform. So like there's the act of God, which is the overarching one, which is like if there's a hurricane or the flight gets canceled or because there's, um, I don't know, a flood. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Insert any like crazy, unusual reason why someone can't show up. That's an example of where it's like we just go our separate ways type of thing. But um, then there, there's a lot more nuance. I'm like so not a lawyer, but <laughs> <laughs> um, there's all there's I don't know. Each contract is maybe 15 or 20 pages of mumbo jumbo. Oh but gosh. do you have someone on your team that looks at the contract? So I'm the one scope side who looks at the contract. Um, I'll usually look over it with Kim, our wonderful business manager. We love Kim. We do love Kim. Kim She's wonderful. Slay. Yeah. Kim, Kim and I work together on anything that's financial. She does most of the financial stuff, but if it's like contract stuff, I'll also do that with her. And then we have a middle agent who um, is the one who, that's like, that's kind of like a complicated job description to explain because it's a very, very small part of the music industry and by design, they're invisible. They're like general contractors. So if somebody like a university or a music festival or a brewery or, you know, you name it, wants to put on a show and they have the financials to do it, if they're not a concert venue, they're not necessarily going to know how to put everything together. They're not going to know who to talk to and whatnot. And a middle agent is the person who pulls all that together. Um, so a lot of universities have middle agents. We have a middle agent. His name is James Anderson, one of by land productions, super cool guy. Literally, you should have him on here. He will talk <laughs> forever. He's a, he's like, I swear that man can talk about anything. Um, is that what you want to do when you're older? That actually is what I'm doing when I graduate. Really? Do you so, ever already have a job? I'm going to be working for James. Yeah. <gasps> Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Wait, you. That's huge. That's yeah. awesome. It's wow. a, it's a cool thing. It's, I'm, I'm very excited about it. But, um, yeah, I don't know if I even answered your question. I think I just got off on, like, four different tangents. Well, I learned a lot from that, so. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get back on track. Yeah. So what is Scope, and what actually do you guys do? All right, you just asked me my name, and I just gave you that. <laughs> 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 See, James and I get along. We just talk to each other until the day's over. Uh, all right, 
So what is Scope? Scope is a student committee on popular entertainment. That's our extremely long mouthful of a of a title. That's why we go by Scope because it's a lot easier. Um, there's actually one. Cool, like there's scope. one other university Scope in the United States. And actually, there's two. There's Scope University of New Haven, other Scope UNH, um, and then there's Scope in Iowa, Scope IA. Scopia? I don't know. But um, we bring popular entertainment to campus. So we've been around since 1971. Um, our original history is kind of foggy because the record keeping on the original shows wasn't that great because we had just started, so no one knew if we were actually going to hang around. Um, but our first show, I think, was the Pocos, and that was in the Field House. There are some really, really old things that I've, I, can, I can pull up in a little bit, but... Um, We've been around since 1971. We've been bringing all kinds of talent since. We have hundreds of shows under our belt. Um, we've brought everybody from America, Aerosmith, Motley Crue, Mac George Miller. Carlin, Mac Miller, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, Playboy Cardi, Lil Baby, um, Galantis. You always pick them when it's like they're up and coming, like exactly. right before they blow exactly. up. Exactly. When you look at like... People are like, oh, my God, you guys used to bring huge names like like, uh, like Lil Baby and you had Jid open for him and you had Mac Miller and you had Snoop Dogg and you had Kendrick. Just bring Kendrick again. <laughs> Here's the thing. When we brought Kendrick and when we brought J. Cole, they only had either one album or they had an EP out. Like those, when we bring people here, they are not big. And that's something that, like, Kendrick didn't sell out. J. Cole didn't sell out. And, like, if wow. you think about that now, you're like, no way. That's impossible. But that's just how it was, you know. So it's kind of hard. That's why our throwback concerts do really well. So, like, we had T-Pain. He sold out. Akon. He sold out. Um, and those were throwback shows. But that's because people, like, recognize them. But when people come here, they're usually way smaller. So that's like when we had Dominic Fike, people were like, oh, Dominic Fike, who even is that? And then this year. Was, 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 was it after Euphoria? It was, no, it, it was, was after while Euphoria. he was on Euphoria, yeah. I thought. Like yeah. when he sang that song in the episode, was that before And it went on for like concert? 70 hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that was before the concert. Uh, one of my but least so favorite cool. songs. Him, like, but. It is really cool. Yeah. So, but then, then people were complaining about it last year. It was, it was still a successful show. We still had 3,000 people come out to it. Oh. But then after the fact... You know, this year, people are like, oh, my God, you should bring... People DM'd us, and we're like, bring Dominic Fike. And I'm what? like, you guys were the <laughs> same ones complaining about it last year. But anyways, that, it, it doesn't really bother me. It's just like... It doesn't? It's, it's it not really. Me. It's just like, it's just how... <laughs> it's just how the entertainment industry works, because um, you're trying to cater to in a core part of an individual. Yeah. Like, if you think about your individual, like, loves for music... It's never going to be the same as the person sitting next to you. Can we know? talk about that? How did you come to the decision to bring Ray Shremard? And do you have like, so talk about the survey and like talk about yeah. maybe like what the UNH students want and how you figure that out. Yeah, so we have our own analytics department. That's not the only thing that we use to figure it out, but it gives us a pretty good basis. So that um, if you've taken the survey, it asks you about what your listening habits are. It asks you about what con what your concert habits are as separate. We compare that data. It asks about if you are in fraternity or sorority life, it asks what college you're in. And we look at every single demographic we could possibly spread apart. So, like, what orgs people are in, um, what type of housing people are in, if they're on campus or off campus. Like, we break it down as much as we possibly can. We put together um, – when I was the analytics director, I wrote a lot of stuff that people just didn't read in the org. So it's condensed a little bit, but it was about 15 to 20 pages usually of data – and then we, as an organization, we go through that, we read all the data, um, we break it down, and um, then we start our artist discussion. So our process is that we work with our middle agent to get quotes. So most artists aren't going to be publishing their quotes anywhere because they don't want other people to know how much they're booking for so that they can have the competitive edge. Similarly, that's why we are legally obligated not to say how much we paid for somebody until like, I don't know, it's like a year and a half or something after the show is concluded. So after the settlement, we can't talk about how much we paid so that other people don't know how much we paid so that they still have the competitive edge and we still have the competitive edge. It's all, it's all business reasons why, why most of the confidentiality stuff is there. But, um, but so then how do you, so you're in a scope meeting, right? Yeah. How do you have these discussions about which artists to pick? Like, how did you land on Ray Shremard? So our 
the biggest um, genres that people were interested in seeing in concert were uh, rap and pop. And we had... I voted for country, but... You know, <laughs> I definitely did it. Country, so. <laughs> country is definitely a big, big ask. I mean, yeah. pop, pop and rap are, I think they were around 78, 79, 80% of campus wanted to see that in concerts. But then when you get down to the next tier, you have almost all equal country, rock, alternative, and EDM. Interesting. And they're all like around the 35, 40 percent range countries countries the highest of those four and then i think alternative is right next to it and then r&b is after or something like that and rock is in there and um we we take all that data we pull up our names it you know honestly it narrows down pretty quickly because we have a budget that we're working with we have an arena that's a five thousand capacity arena um money wise you know we only have x amount of artists and then we have Okay, now we have can only look at the artists that are available. It's already in half because, you know, people book years in advance, a lot of them, especially these up-and-coming artists. When people realize that someone's hot, they will book them so far in advance to get that good guarantee because they'll pay way cheaper um, the farther ahead they book, which is why we try to do it as far ahead as possible. Um, then once we get that, then we see who's even interested in college shows because some artists, if they're planning out a tour – they won't necessarily want college shows on that tour because they don't want it to look like a college tour. They want it to look like a tour at big venues, even though colleges are usually the best exposure. So typically college shows are one-offs from artists. Now it's, it's not like that's an exclusion. Like if someone's touring, we can totally get them on their tour. So it you all just about depends. Swift for the Eras tour or no? <laughs> kind of, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, if we had a 50,000 person. Like she'd be expensive. Yeah. I don't know. Taylor Swift, yeah, you know, I don't know what her quote is, but I would bet it's in the millions yeah. for an hour. 100%. In the millions, easily. Anyone who's, like, headlining a festival, they're probably making, I mean, any, any like, big festival, like, like Boston Calling be the smallest one. Like, they'll, they'll each pull in minimum a million, um, some of them up to five if it's something like Coachella or something like that. But a lot of artists get, like, a lot of music festivals get away with cheaper prices, like college prices, because um, of the exposure, like they're exposing an artist to twenty five thousand people in one in one night, you know. So, um, anyways, back to to the actual artist discussion. It's honestly arguing for hours. <laughs> it's a, wow. it's because uh, we all come with our notes. We've got twenty four people in the organization. We all sit down. We've got pages and pages of notes. I swear, some people come with an arsenal of notes. Um, does that ever it's, get like really heated? Like somebody really uh, wants this I, one artist? It's never not been heated. Ooh. I mean, like we're we're all civil about it, and we yeah. all like it's an extremely professional environment. Like we don't even swear in the meeting room, which is you know we're all college students, and as individuals who are social, like obviously we communicate however we want. But when we're in that room, there is no room for BS. It's all like straight to the point. It's all very professional. So the points that people make, they're all professional points. They're all going to be like, well. Say I'm talking about SZA. SZA did this. SZA's billboard stats are this. Spotify this. We can say Google Trends is showing that she's popping up in people's searches in these areas. And then you can say the analytics report says this. Or a bunch of people asked for this artist on the analytics report. Or things like that. There's so many metrics. Polestar um, is like the best for it. But you have to pay for a subscription that we don't have. So we get as much as we can from it. But we don't get that super specific data. But that'll show like... Not settlements. So, like, a settlement at the, at the end of a show is, like, the final closed contract. After the show happens, everything's paid. These are the results. So, on things like Polestar, you can get, like, pretty close to a settlement where they'll show you a lot of data about it, how many people showed out, how successful it was, but you won't necessarily see the money or anything like that. Um, so, we look at all kinds of things, pull it all together, and see who's a viable option. So much more than I, like, don't even realize goes into yeah. it. Yeah. You know, it, and it, it used to take we've we've trimmed it down a lot in how long it takes for us to um, get our list of artists because we put together like a top 10 and then we just go down the list and in order and go after who we can and yeah. get rejected a lot. Can we talk about Rishamard for a little bit. Sure. Yeah. What is your favorite song of theirs? Oh, God, I you don't can know. Sing a little if you want. I there's <laughs> only one correct answer and I'm hoping you say it. I really love Come Get Her. I really love Come Get Her. I think that song is probably my favorite one. Um, I was going to make Dina do like the, what's it called, challenge? Mike Will Made It. Oh, wait, oh, like that's the, just the intro test. The oh, the Black, Mannequin Challenge. Yeah. Oh, Black Beatles? 
Not gonna lie, I can't listen to that song anymore. I can't either. I, I just it's like just noise. I've heard it so many times. Um, I will say, like solo wise, Sway Lee's "Sunflower" is one of my favorite songs ever. I love that song so much, and I'm very excited to hear. It. I really hope he plays it. Do you know like their set list beforehand, or do they just go out? No, and they on, most artists just make their set list the night of. They oh, don't really? like plan out a set list. They definitely don't send it to us. No one ever sends it to us. And also, we can't really tell them what to do with their set list. We've never tried because we don't really care, but we can't really tell them. I guess we could try, but we haven't tried to tell like them like what to do. To it would like, be a what little. What songs are you playing? I don't think. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that an artist would like that. Yeah. Um, I do know that some colleges, like Boston College, for instance, they don't allow swearing at their shows, so oh. they. Their artists have to censor themselves, but they've that? never had a problem with that. Like Maybe they're pretty, they're, they're pretty good school. about it. That's yeah. that's why Jesuit University. What's your favorite Ray Schrammer song, Emily? Mm, I was gonna say the Mannequin Challenge one, but now I feel like I'm getting dirty looks in the room. So what's yours? Oh, ironically, unlock the swag. <laughs> that song's crazy. <laughs> that song is. That's your crazy. favorite one. It just it makes me giggle. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, if they play that, I will lose my mind. Like, I will disintegrate in the bowl. I don't know if you're allowed to say this, but I want to know what, like, their backstage snack is. Like, what does that look like? So I have a really great story as to why I can't tell you that. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is one of the things about the music industry that's, like, it seems so dumb, um, but it it can become a major problem. Um so this the story is it's the guacamole story, and I don't know oh, how I've you, heard this one. Have you you've heard, heard this the guacamole one, story? You told me this, Harrison. Have I told you? Yes. I'm, I probably told you this when we met yeah. earlier this year. You're gonna like this one. Uh, yeah, I don't know the so story. The guacamole I'm story. In. I'm sure over time it's been hyperbolized, and I'm sure things have been added in here and there. But the long story short, actually, Max, I think I told Max is not speaking right now, but I think I told you this story too. I maybe, but I don't. I might have told it to you when we talked earlier this probably. year, but. Just go, Anyways, go ahead. Let's, we'll see. <laughs> so the guacamole story by Harrison Flagg. So, <laughs> so the, the guacamole story is that Jack White of the White Stripes, Jack White when he started his solo career, was set to play at the University of Michigan. Um, he was booked for 100K, and I don't know when it was supposed to be. Honestly, couldn't tell you much details about it. And... Uh, Long story short, they get their rider. A rider is like everything on um, that, a, that an artist wants in their dressing room. Some people might have pages of stuff in their rider. They might have like five things. It's crazy. You know, you'll have some people come in that are very specific. There's the old like, like uh, the old joke of like, oh, they want all the M&Ms, but not the green ones. Mm. And just to see if you're paying attention sometimes. But with Jack White, he had asked for a very specific guacamole recipe. And that was like the only thing on his rider was a guacamole recipe. And they had to make it by hand, by from scratch, the night of the show. And somebody in their crew saw, the, saw someone in their hospitality crew saw the guacamole recipe and was like, this is so funny. This is Jack White's guacamole. That's awesome. Like, whoa. I don't know. They, for some reason, they wanted to tell people. So they told a friend of theirs who was in the school newspaper. One thing, one thing led to, <laughs> looking at you, Max. That one thing led to another. The school newspaper publishes the guacamole recipe, and in every contract there are confidentiality rules. Every single contract there's confidentiality rules, and the big overarching one typically is just don't talk about the contract. Like you just, it's like Fight Club. You don't talk about Fight Club. You don't talk about what's in the contract because. Even if something isn't sensitive, just assume it is. Like, that's kind of how we roll in scope is you just assume that everything is confidential because most things aren't, but some things could be a major problem like it was for this. So this guacamole recipe gets leaked to the school newspaper. School newspaper publishes it. Jack White's management and agent sees it. And not only do they pull out from the show, University of Michigan still had to pay him 100 k and they didn't do it. They didn't do the show. He did not, Jack, Jack White did not perform. They still had to pay him. And, um, I would suspect, I think the issue was like, part of the issue was that he, he hadn't been announced yet, or maybe he had been announced, but something wasn't right. I don't know. Either way, 
I just looked up his guacamole, and there's nothing special about it, by the way. Mm. Oh, is that's it? On there? Just yeah, go it's on to NPR. Chipotle. It's just, actually on there. No kidding. Yeah. Yellow onion, cilantro, yeah. peppers. I've ne- I've only heard the <laughs> I've only heard the story from people telling it to me. I've never actually read the story. I yeah. didn't even know if it was on the internet. That's so cool. It's on NPR. Well, that really confirms that for me because I've been telling that to a lot of people. I'm not gonna lie, but Jack White tore leaked guacamole recipe. Yeah, yeah. So That's funny. And you know, crazy. like I can't promise that anything I just said was like exactly fact because it's been passed down for many generations. But at the very minimum. We just don't talk about the snacks. <laughs> it's so it's so it's so stupid. It is, but um, I don't know. We don't we don't get many uh, we don't get many opportunities with scope. We just you know we get our two concerts a year and we try not to mess them up. So <laughs> Jack so I, White, if you're listening to this, I'm not gonna make your guacamole <laughs> recipe. That was messed up. <laughs> Should have just done the show. Oh my god! The thing is, though, is it's never the artist. Like almost never is it the artist. It's always the management or the lawyers or somebody. Everyone's always trying to go after a little piece of the pie. And with artists, they got so many people on their team. Some of them do. Like Lil TJ had like four people that he worked. I don't even remember how many people, but it wasn't many. Whereas Ray Shermer, they've been touring for so long that they have a whole crew of people. They've got their production director. They have their, they have like everything that's in house for a normal venue. They have their own person for all of that too. So it's like super um, experienced people will have a whole team. Others won't, but um, usually with those like smaller artists where they don't have a whole team yet, someone's always trying to get in there, you know? So can we talk about scope as an org for a little bit? Sure. Um, There's so many, Rumors and misconceptions about Scope. I think the biggest one I hear is that, you know, Scope has a million dollars and why aren't they getting bigger and better artists? And that is just not the case at all. I can confirm we do not have millions yeah. of dollars. We have significantly <laughs> less than millions of dollars. We don't even have million dollars. Yeah. Where does the money come from and um, how much money do you get? So I don't remember the number exactly off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure that the annual budget is around 260000 That's not including the revenue that we make. So any Sounds revenue right. offsets expenses, and then we're able to expand. So we have our subsidy, which is why it's like this expense structure is like so uncommon in the real world because not a lot of businesses subsidize their activities. So we have our $250,000. We're expected to make also $250,000. So our our actual expenses are closer to around half a million, but we make most of it back. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's yeah. it's just like I'm we, not a math person, so I'm not the person to ask. <laughs> mo- most of the money that we spend, we get back, and a small portion of it is actually subsidized. So we make a tremendous amount of revenue, and it seems like we have all this money, but that money is just like we're just. We're just paying it back, honestly. Um, but we spend on, uh, we actually don't spend on artists as much as people think. There's because so much more that goes into yeah. the actual concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, production, this is also the thing that COVID's kind of messed up is production inflation is insane. Like a lot of them, obviously inflation's hit everywhere, but it's hit different parts of the live entertainment industry differently. So like we've got the actual artist fees, those are right now super saturated. Everyone's touring, everyone's booking. Like every single person who can host an artist is hosting an artist right now. Every single artist who's physically capable of touring is going on tours because um, COVID was dry for everybody. So everyone's making their bag now. The the market is super saturated right now and it's going crazy. Good that, for scope, that will die yeah. down. It will die down. It's it, it is good for scope. We actually got... You know, we could not have afforded Ray Schremer in years past, but because they happened to be releasing this album and they happened to be touring, I mean, we did our research, you know, we kind of knew that these things were going on, but, um, like, nothing's ever for certain, Um, and we were able to get a reasonable price for them, but um, the whole industry is kind of getting messed up in other ways. So, like, with production, like, we used to pay not a whole lot of money for production. I don't know, maybe up to 30, 40,000 for production on a show. And now it, we can't even get anybody to hit our budget requests. No, like nobody will hit our budget requests. It's so expensive to get 
pro labor who knows what they're doing because there's so few people going into the trades, specifically with like performance tech. Um, there's also not enough people that are able to keep up with the new technology coming out because it's insanely expensive. Um, and it's just hard to get people like there aren't that many, there aren't that many vendors that are selling this type of equipment. Like we work with events, United audio spectrum. We used to work with another one called rainbow rainbow audio. I think it was called. Um, but like, that's like most of the, stuff in New England is put on by those two. We're both in Sassium. We see the budget lines that Kim creates and it's insane. Yeah, there's so much more to this than just picking an artist and then thinking about even just all the work that goes into picking the artist. Like you guys never have a break. Like you're just- Never sleep. We're already planning our fall show right now. Well, there you go. Like there, it it just keeps going. Like it's crazy to think about how much goes into it and not like how high stakes it is, but it's very unpredictable. It has to be a little bit nerve wracking. I'm sure before a show. Yeah. I mean, having my first show being playboy Cardi showing up late, I was every time I'm like, please don't show up late. Please, please just like, (laughs) just, just get here. Just hang out. So as soon as I hear that the artist is in the house, I'm like, Oh, thank God I can rest. Like I can, I can, he was not in the wit. He didn't even go in his dressing room. Okay. Didn't even go in his dressing room. <laughs> I, I've like, I shouldn't say the things that I think about Playboy Cardi because it's just like, I don't know. I know that there's always more things going on than I know. You know, I'm sure there was way more. That was at the time that he, um, who does he have a kid with? Oh, no idea. Um, Iggy Azalea, I'm pretty sure. Really? Well, no. Look that up. Before no, no, I no. Make that statement. We need to fact check this. Playboy Cardi. We kid. won't fact check our resolutions when we talk about them on the podcast, but we will fact check who played Iggy by Cardi. Azalea. Has a Iggy Azalea. I knew it. I knew Wait, it. I didn't know that. So that was about the time that he had gotten her pregnant and it was like in the news and it was like, I don't know, big cheese. I didn't really care. Like I, I wasn't very invested. But <laughs> in his family life. That, like. that we, I'm not like in his family life at all, but it ended up, I, I don't know what the real reason was. By for why he showed up. I mean, he had, or, or showed up late. He had excuses for you know making sure the contract was intact and stuff. But I don't know. It was it was all fine. It was just like it set me up to be like, oh man, like what if? But so Little far, anxiety had, is good though. I feel like yeah. that creates better production. I think uh, you know it's it's also like that's just the industry. The industry is scary. It's like I'm going into it because I am obsessed with that adrenaline, but. um it is very anxiety driving for have sure. Have you ever tried like skydiving instead? Yeah, I, I have gone skydiving. It's, of course uh, he has. It's, I don't an, know. it's not as exciting as a show. <laughs> that okay. is something. So this all sounds super, super cool. Um, if I wasn't a second semester senior, maybe I'd interview for Scope. What is the process of joining Scope? Yeah, so we treat Scope like a business because ultimately it is one. We have cash coming in and out. We have people coming in and out and we deal with people who uh, are very scary, you know? Um, Not really scary like when you're talking to them in person, but the power that they hold. If they decided, if an agency like, you know, we have UTA, Wasserman, WME, these are all like big agencies that we work with. So like for instance, Ray Shremard, they're booked through WME, um, which is William Morris Endeavors. And if they had some reason as to why they didn't want to work with the University of New Hampshire, they could blacklist every single artist that they have on their roster, which is thousands. Most of these people have thousands of artists from ever coming to UNH. They so could just you completely piss off blacklist an agent, UNH. You're screwed, basically. Right. I mean, we have a we have great relationships with our agents because we have an amazing yeah. middle agent, James Anderson, one of my land productions. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, we have a good relationship with these people, so we haven't done anything terrible yet. Um, but if, that's it, just like, it's just uh, everything's about the if, you know. They, they do have that power to shut us off to everybody, but. So how many people are in scope? 24, you said? 24. Wow. Yeah, Can you myself. talk about, like, how the artist doesn't get leaked? Because I feel like there's always so many rumors flying around, and you're sworn to secrecy. Secrecy. You're sworn to secrecy if you're in scope. That guacamole story I told you is the very first thing that we tell them. When when new members join the org, like before we even tell them 
what is going on with the show. Like we usually know by the time that they're in what's going on with the show. And we don't tell them until we can know that they can, you know, like that they get it more. So we, when we first bring them into the organization, we introduce them to everybody. And when they, when we first bring them in, it's just about like getting them oriented with the organization. You know, it's a lot of training. It's a lot of, this is, this is who this person is. And this is who this person is. And, um, you need to know this on show day. And if you see the artist, you don't go up to them and like ask them for an autograph, you know, you put the blinders on. Yeah, we can never and do you know, like, that. I would not last <laughs> five starstruck. hours in this organization. I would not. Would you just, like, go and talk to everybody? Well, I don't think she could first, keep it in. First things first, <laughs> you would tell me the artist, and I would go, and I would call up my mom. <laughs> then my mom would probably put it on Facebook and be like, be like, I am so proud of Dina. She is going to bring Ray Schremer to UNH. Um, so that's already mission failed. Um, and then the other thing would be I would lose my marbles seeing any sort of celebrity. So guest scope's not in my future, but I, I will support from afar. That's why you have to be so selective is so that you know that you can trust the people in your organization. Yeah. You know, I mean, we would take everybody if we could, like we want to work with more people. That's why we have our volunteering opportunities. And that's why we try to get collaborative with other organizations. Like we've collaborated with, we collaborated with Cab last yeah. spring, and we're doing it again this this show. They're going to be giving out like I don't know how many they got, but I think like fifteen hundred t shirts that has say oh, Shrimp Life on that. them. Super cool, free t shirts. They're just going to be throwing them to people. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, like we're trying to collaborate with people. We want everybody to be a part of it, but it's hard because we do a lot of work, and um, we have to make sure that the people who are joining are not only like motivated people who are going to pull their weight and do hard work, but who, you know, are actually interested in the industry. Like it's, it's, it's so hard. It's so hard. I wish we could have everybody, but it's tough. And also, you know, the more people you have, the the more loose lips get, you know? So like we, we set that hard example right out of the gate with confidentiality because our worst nightmare is that, somebody says something and we lose an artist and then there's no show, you know, like when we, when Dominic Fike was actually supposed to come last, uh, no, no, no. Dominic Fike came last spring, but we had the fall show that got canceled and that just never ended up happening. And that show was pulled literally the day before we announced it. Literally the day, like no one knows, no one even knows that. I can't say who was supposed to come, unfortunately, but we might bring him in the future. That's, that's the thing. Oh, it's a guy? That's why we don't, no, them. I said oh. them. <laughs> ambiguous. Got to stay ambiguous. I'm. My body is tense right now. I want to ask. I want to be like, cut the cameras, Max. Come on, <laughs> cut the mics. Like, let's ask. It, that's Harrison th- won't say anything. That's though. why we don't say anything about like what artists could have come because they still can. Like, there are tons of artists that like blow up and then they come back in range. Like, throwback artists. Like when we had uh, T Pain. You know, like he used to be massive and then he kind of leveled out and was like, I love college shows. Flo Rida, he does a ton of college shows. Flo Rida does a lot of college shows. He's probably going to do less now because he just won that massive lawsuit. I don't know if you saw that with Celsius. No. No. Yo, that was the craziest <laughs> thing. He was like one of the original spokespeople for uh, Celsius Energy. And <laughs> they used him as a spokesperson. And then uh, they used one of his songs. And his agreement was that he was gonna get um, he was gonna get a payment. He was gonna get some shares in the company. They never gave it to him. Years later, Celsius is massive, and Flo Rida is like, "I've had enough. I tried to be civil about it, but I'm going to sue you guys, and you're gonna you're gonna pay me what you owe me because you they I guess they never paid him. What? Which is why you always pay your artists. Never don't pay your artists. You'll have a terrible time because in this case, <laughs> they ended up having to pay him eighty six point five million dollars wow the the original agreement was like very small yeah and this is 86 and a half million dollars and they paid him and he's just like bathing in it (laughs) he's just he's just bathing in money and um because of that i don't think that he's like he he does college shows because he loves it like people artists who are throwback artists who do college shows it's never because they have to it's because they like doing college shows so he's probably going to keep doing them, but maybe he'll be more selective because he just got an eighty-six and a half million dollar paycheck, which is pretty cool. 
honestly, I'm on Flo Rida's side. Also, because Celsius, like, messes up your heart. Like, people go they on, like... They are full of lies. Yes. Full of yes. lies. And that was this, this was the same time that they had that, um, the recall on their on their stuff because they said no artificial flavors well they lied about that too because there are in fact artificial flavors so then if you go in with your celsius receipt you can bring it in and get your money back if you bought celsius ever I'm learning so just drink much a red absurd wow yeah i didn't know any of that and just pay your artists that's really i've learned so much i artists. learned about iggy azalea today i've learned about celsius i learned about scope yeah and my wow. own capabilities of keeping things quiet um <laughs> They don't exist. Can you do a little plug to the concert, where it is, when it is, how to buy a ticket? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so mubtickets.com, that's where you buy your ticket. And then we still got some bowl seats as well. You can get those at mubtickets.com as well. Uh, the show is on April 21st. Doors are at 6.30. It's going to be wicked. We also, we didn't talk about Kenny Mason at all. Kenny Mason is the opener. Absolute bars out of that boy i love kenny mason he is one of the coolest up and coming artists i think that's ever going to be on our stage like i think he's gonna i think he's very similar to when jid came opening for little baby like jid is now signed to dreamville uh was on the d-day mixtape is signed as an official dreamville artist and kenny mason was also on the d-day mixtape is not an official dreamville artist but i think once he blows up out of his current range i think once he becomes a mid-level artist i think he will I, I have a feeling that he's going to get signed by Dreamville because Jid and Kenny are boys. Half the stuff you're saying, so. I don't fully understand. <laughs> I love how passionate you are about it. So Dreamville it is J. So Cole's, J. Cole's uh, label. Okay. Yeah. Did you See, know that? <laughs> I just knew it was a label. I didn't know it was J. Cole's. It seems like this is going to be one for the books. Well, we also had this is also a new groundbreaking item is that normally we've got like a DJ for the doors. Someone gets up there and just... You know, they DJ, they do their thing. <laughs> but we're going to have two DJs at the same time. It's going to be a dueling DJ set. We've never done it before. Like Literally, that scene in Scott Pilgrim. Exactly. Well, maybe not exactly. But kind of. No, yeah. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's going to be like there's going to be one board and one microphone and they're just going to switch and they're just going to compete or something. They're both from uh, iHeartRadio, Jam and oh, cool. 95.7. Um yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. They were recommended to us by a DJ that we used to work with, DJ Pup Dog, who is also sick. He's like one of the most famous New England DJs. You're He's sitting sick. here like beaming. I love it, Harrison. I mean, this is this is my life, you know? know like I, I love, love talking about this stuff. Like I um I am so deeply passionate about it. This is this is everything that I want to do. Like I'm so honestly just checked out of classes and whatnot. I just don't I don't have an interest in being a student I've never really been a good student personally but like scope has given me everything I need to go out into the outside world and I'm just so grateful for it so I'm just so I'm always happy to talk about it I love I love scope and everything it does and we're all sitting here money, smiling I love yeah, this is just so sweet makes me happy, and you know? I feel like all four of us can relate to this with like our respective orgs so it's yeah. just like sweet yeah. and makes me happy <laughs> yeah okay so we have a couple Instagram questions from sure. our Instagram poll and some of them are kind of funny. A lot of them we touched on, like how do we choose an art? How do you choose an artist? Um, what's the process of inviting them? But there's some funny ones. Um, Chris asked why you didn't get a different genre for the spring concert. Well, there's a that's like a super complicated question to answer. Number one, it's because rap is the most requested on campus. Um, I, to be honest with you, I'm not like a big rap fan. Like I don't listen, I listen to a lot of rap, but n wouldn't call myself like that's my favorite genre. Um, and the tricky thing is other genres are way more expensive to book because there are so many rappers. If you are a rapper, it's way easier to get a cheaper price. Female rappers are insanely saturated in price, but male rappers are wicked cheap because there are so many of them. So somebody like Ice Spice or Glorilla. That's another question that was asked, actually. Was it about Ice are Spice? <laughs> what are the chances you're going to get Ice Spice in I the wish, fall? I wish. <laughs> probably not going to happen, realistically. She's blown up so fast. She hasn't even done, she has done zero college shows. She probably will never do them. I mean, it, I could talk about that forever. I don't know how mm -hmm. much time you've got, but um, that's a complicated one. But to go back to the genre one, I would love to do other genres. I would love to do a country show. Country shows are really expensive. And they are super hard to book because they are like a rapper. You can put on a plane, put them all the way across the country or EDM or something like that. Like Chelsea Cutler last year, she came from Coachella on Saturday, got a police escort 
to the airport, flew to Red Eye, landed, came up from Boston, literally didn't sleep and came to our show and did it. And she was Chelsea, still really good. Because Chelsea Cutler is a beast. Yeah. Chelsea Cutler is an absolute beast. Um, that was so fun outside. I really yeah. liked that one. It's, it's I didn't attend, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Boo me, boo me. I'm sorry. Very hurtful. <laughs> but. Right, this is a good final question. This is from Melissa. Um, if you had to have a dream performer for the wit, who would it be? <laughs> the Wiggles. Yes, um, fruit the wi- salad. The Wiggles and Soldier Boy. And then <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, with Slipknot. Probably Slipknot, Soldier Boy, and the Wiggles. That would be the craziest genre-bending <laughs> show ever. Harrison like, Cella coming it. next fall. Harrison Cella, Slipknot. Like, look up those three artists. Put them all in one playlist. Mm. Love it. Love it. Realistically, yeah. though, I have no idea. My first concert know. was the Wiggles. That's mine was why Hannah I'm giggling. Montana. Oh my god! Yes, you mine, win. Mine was the Wiggles too, Dina. Oh my! Seriously? I feel like we talked yeah. about this for before. Real. For real? Yeah, I remember going when I was like, <laughs> I must have been like four or five. My yeah. parents got me merch. Yeah, like yeah. everybody, yeah. I got the merch. I got the merch. They, they're star studded, man. They're incredible. <laughs> They've just got something. They brought Tame and Paula out at one of their shows. What? what? They did? God, we <laughs> oh, didn't come go on, that guys. One. That was oh, that was like huge. That'd be my dream artist. That was last way, year honestly. or two years ago. They brought out Tame and Paula. He played a few songs with them on the like the like keyboard guitar. You oh, can probably yeah. look it up. It's awesome. Damn. Yeah, it's so cool. It's gonna be a good YouTube dive later. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> Tame and Paula would be so sick. Tame and Paula's just not we can't afford, you know. Joji would be unreal. Yeah. Joji puts on crazy concerts. Probably, I, well, I know that he's too big because he just played Madison Square Garden. So, or he's playing Madison Square Garden. But someone's at that level. They're not coming here, you know. But Ski Master Slump God, realistically, I feel like Ski Master Slump God would be like probably who I think is like college size who would be the coolest. I love Ski Mask. But you're so cool. I maybe can. next year we'll see. <laughs> All right, so how we typically end all of our podcasts is we go through a high and a low. But I kind of want to ask you before we get to the last segment, is there anything else you want to say about Scope before we get into our weeks? Um, As you may have picked up, I can't stop talking unless somebody stops me. So (laughs) Um, come to the show. It's going to be unreal. Ray Schremmerd, Kenny Mason, dueling DJs from iHeartRadio's 94.5 Ninety-five seven jamming. Um, it's gonna be an unreal time. Be a part of history or miss out. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. I love it. Period. All right, let's go through our lows first, and then we'll go through our highs. How about you go first? Because I think you have a very good low. If you are going to say what I think you're gonna say, it's kind of oh, funny. Wow. I haven't thought of it yet. Your credit card situation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, guys. I spent way too much money in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> And they froze my debit card. So I've been broke AF this week and I haven't been able to, I've had to live off my like cash. <laughs> like my parents had to give me their Apple pay. It was like really humiliating, but, and I don't, my parents like don't give me money like that. Like I pay for everything on my own. And so them buying my dunk in the last couple of days, they were like, well, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> oh, that's tough. But I got a new, cra- I got a new debit card today. It came in, I activated it. So. Slay. That's good. <laughs> What's been your low, Harrison? I think my, my low is going to be on April 1st when my rent is due, and I just don't have enough money Same. currently to pay for it. So um, I'm also in a band called The Rock Dwellers, so I might borrow from The Rock Dwellers Fund a little bit. I also manage the money for The Rock Dwellers, so just don't tell them. I'm just going to borrow. <laughs> I'll pay it back later. Rent is due. Oh, <laughs> it's coming up soon. Oh, rent, my yeah, God. It's I know. I know. My roommate mentioned it to me today. He's like, so, like, <laughs> are we paying rent this time or what? I was like, I was like, geez, man, I hope, I hope not. I hope not, but you know. The first is a Saturday. So typically my landlord will like give us a couple days. Yeah. Yeah. Before I get a fine. Yeah. <laughs> so. Milo probably has to be, I have a ridiculous amount of assignments due given the stage of the semester we're in. Like, I feel like it's why do I have like three papers and two projects all due within like two days of each other? Um, but I'm just very, that, yeah. yeah. Too much work, too many other things going on. I can't. But on a happier note, we should share our highs. Mm-hmm. I want you to go first because I, I, I had to, it and then I forgot it. I like to brainstorm while everyone else is going, but I can, I'll think of one. Um, you know what? It was so excited to get into a, like a routine again after spring break. And it was so good 
like all my friends being together back and like hanging out this weekend. I think that's my high. It's my roommate's birthday and it was fun. We like all hung out. So, yeah. Harrison? I'm very excited for the Ray Schremert and Kenny Mason and Dueling DJs concert <laughs> that's coming up on April 21st. What's the radio station again? Sorry, I'm kidding. 95.7. <laughs> now I'm really questioning my memory. I'm pretty sure it's, it's 95.7. Okay. Jammin'. It's jamming. Jammin' at Heart Radio. Um, I'm just I'm just so excited for it. It's consumed my life 100%. And uh, Keene State, really cool info. Keene State is also doing Ray Shermer the day after us. Oh. So cool. very cool. That's what's called a routed date. A routed date is when um, two shows are close together, but they're not in the same market. So it's easy for an artist to go from one to the other. Is that how Jack Harlow was with UMass last year? Yes. That's actually something I don't know uh, if you guys want to, how much longer you guys want to talk for. But that's like a really cool trend. Every year it's always a few artists that hit the whole East Coast. Last year, everybody did Dominic Fike and Jack Harlow. It was one or the other. Everybody did that. So we had UMass uh, did Jack Harlow. UMaine did Jack Harlow. And then um, UNH did Dom Fike. URI did Dom Fike. Um, Bryant University did Dom Fike. Wow. What? Um, who else? Was it UMass Lowell that did Dom Fike? No, I don't think so. There were there was a lot of them. Um, Boston College did Dom Fike. I don't remember. Um, but there's usually a couple artists that take the whole East Coast. So they were on everything. And then you've got uh, this year, Don Tolliver is doing um, UMass. I love him. Don Tolliver's doing UMass, um, Amherst, and then Don Tolliver's also doing URI, and then Ray Schremmerd in at UNH and at Keene, and then Trippy Red is going to UConn. That's who also did Don Fike. UConn, UConn does their Uconic Music Festival, and they did Don <laughs> Fike last year. Um, but they're doing <laughs> they're doing Trippy Red this year. Trippy Red and Flipped an Arrow. Who we had Flipped an Arrow in the in the fall. Yeah. Fun fact about Trippy Red: he was booked to play here once and didn't show up. Oh. Just didn't show up at all. It was ASAP Ferg, Trippy Red, That's and, and Earth Gang. Wow. Trippy Red, Earth Gang, <gasps> and, and ASAP Ferg all in one night, and Trippy Red just didn't show up. It's hurtful. Ouch. It's hurtful. So we got bad blood. But okay. Beef. What is your high? Okay. I finally thought of one. Good. Um, today, since we've been talking about scope, I'm not going to say what it is because also if I don't get it it's embarrassing but I got an email and I'm going to be interviewing for my very first internship which yeah. is exciting because nice. I feel like an adult now I feel Where like a it? response I, I don't want to say it in case You'll I don't get jinx it, it. Yeah, I don't want to jinx it but when we cut the cameras I'll tell you very cool and uh if I do <laughs> get it everyone my LinkedIn is Dina Rathke and you can <laughs> see God. it there but. all right well thank you so much for coming on um I learned a lot I learned yeah. a lot more than I honestly thought I would Oh, uh, thank you very much. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> no, like, yeah. Sorry, you like blew away my expectations. This was awesome. Like, yeah. and just hearing you talk about music and hearing you talk about something you're so passionate about is just awesome. Like, yeah. I love well, it. Thank you so much for having me. Always happy to talk about Scope. It's you know, it's my life. I'm wearing all the merch right now. So, <laughs> well, yeah. thank you guys for listening and for tune listening. in next week. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the New Hampshire Podcast Network and produced by our friend and executive editor of the New Hampshire, Max Scheinblum. This podcast was funded by our student activity fee and all music is found on Poddington Fair.